So hello and welcome to another episode of Black Women Parlay. Now each week, you know, I come with a different theme and for those who have just joined for the first time, I'm Leanne Meyer and I'm the founder of Black Women Parlay. And this is just the basis of this network group podcast is all around the sisterhood you never knew you needed. Now for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, I've got all my black sisters. Yeah, 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 I'm cool. But actually, as we grow, and this is going to be the theme of today's podcast, is this element of growth and finding other women who are on the same wavelength. They're channeling the same drive to grow. They're channeling living, I call it three things, authentically, intentionally, and luxuriously. And they are not afraid of engaging with all three elements in their lives. And that's how I live. Authentically, I can only be myself. Intentionally, as a person, as a consumer, how I decide to share my energy. And then luxuriously, like, I like what I like, and I own it. Bougie is no longer, uh, uh, what's the word, an insult for me. It's who I am. I was born this way. Um, And this is why, as I travel on this journey that is called life, I feel blessed for all the women that I have met. And my guest today, the lovely Miss Ashley Braxton, is one of these sisters on this journey. Um, We met through a mutual contact who said, you two have to meet. And I think like with everybody, the first time we spoke, it was like a two and a half hour conversation. Um, There was so much to say. There were so many good vibes. There was was so so much layers, depth and everything that it reminded me that just when you think you have limited capacity for love, for new people, for new friendships, that just like this pie that everyone talks about, the pie keeps growing. You always make space. You find space for those who are worthy. So I'm very happy, honored, blessed to have Ashley in my life, but also as a guest today. So welcome, my sister. <laughs> what an introduction. Like, first of all, Black Women Parlay, like, girl, that is a vibe. When you started off, I was like, wow, that's me. Uh-huh, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here we are. Yes. Yes. This is us. It's been, uh, I found the article, I wrote an article about this space that we needed as Black women two and a half years ago. It took me two years in that sense to realize that actually the person I was waiting for was myself (laughs) to like set it up. But then it was also the constant validation of this space being needed by the interactions that I was having and the meetings, like what we had, it was just the valid, there is a group of us, a very specific group of us that live this way, aim to live this way. Don't get thrown off, even if we don't stay the course for a little bit, you know, whatever life happens, you get overwhelmed, but you're always willing to come back, correct it and start again. And that was just like, you got, you all inspired it as well. It was, these meetings were life affirming for me too. Yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. Like, it's not often. I mean, this is the pandemic blessing, I call it. Um, in real life, how many, most of these, most of you who I've met, how many of you would I have met under normal circumstances going through normal life? Chances were slim to none, realistically. So true. So when that does happen, it's like, well, you have to take that baton and run with it because it is here. And it it was, I was meant to meet you. You were meant to meet me. It was here, but it wouldn't have happened under any other circumstances than the pandemic. And that is something that you have to hold on to, not least because... I mean, everyone's talking about post-pandemic life, but when you're reading in the headlines that China's now facing another wave of a million people being affected and 5,000 people dying every day, I feel like we're on another countdown again. (laughs) And these bonds and these relationships become even more important against the backdrop of how negatively on the one hand from a mental health perspective the pandemic affected black women so yeah it's like the way I feel about black women parlay the way I feel about all the members of black women parlay is so deep because it's 
I don't know, it feels like it should be this safety blanket to help get through whatever that next stage might look like. You just have this presence when you speak. Like, I was like, am I on the podcast or am I listening to it right now? <laughs> I swear to God, it's just like, wow. I love, oh, I'm so proud of you. Likewise, feeling is totally so You're going to make me blush. Stop it, because you can now see my cheeks are going a bit red. So, you know, I will, I will take the compliment. There you go. Hold it in. I'm going to let it sit. I'm, let, I'm letting it sit. I'm letting it sit. You are. And now we have to get to your introduction. <laughs> like, everyone wants to know who you are. They've heard Ashley Braxton. <laughs> I mean, you've gone left and right and you got me on my soapbox. So tell the good people who you is. <laughs> people. Well, I am the niece of the Braxtons. Obviously, we know Miss Tony Braxton, but the niece of the Braxtons. <laughs> And I have just created a journey for myself, you guys. I left the U.S., I moved to France, and ever since then, I've just been, honestly, I feel like I'm searching the depths of life and the world and everyone and everything in it. Mm. So I don't actually have one hat, and I don't think people need to wear one hat. I have many hats. I'm very proud to introduce that about myself. Um, so I'm a coach for creative people, creative entrepreneurs who live this life, but who need the tools to get through this life because mm. it's needed and necessary. But once you have them, it's all good. We go, we just go, go, go. Um, I really enjoy creating events for people. I think events can change events, change lives anyway. Right. So why do we not make eventful moments in the workplace as well so I do um events for corporates and I'm also a photographer I'm a creator a visionary yes yes all the the things you are and and there's something really important that you said at the very beginning which is embracing this multi-hyphenate living the hats, the hats, the hats. And, you know, we've got so used to the phrase of master of all trade. What is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. But the reality is, is that you don't have to be a master of none. The only way you're a master of none is if you let those thoughts inhibit you by other people demanding or saying that you need to be something. And I love that you go across the spectrum. And just to let everybody know, Ashley is going to be organizing our first Black Women Parlay retreat. Yes, we need the vibes, ladies. We need the vibes. I also do retreats as well. That's right. Look, I forgot what I even do sometimes. Yeah, like, listen. <laughs> These are special moments where we bond, where we connect, and we really get to connect with what's around us, which is really right. important because you're right. learning information. And who you are when you bring that back into your life, it's an up level. Correct. It's creating the space to channel into a particular part of yourself that you don't ordinarily create the space in daily life to do. Or rather, not you don't create the space. You've taught yourself that you shouldn't create this space because there are other priorities, such as work. And that is the receiving aspect of a woman. That's the feminine side that we just sort of brush off all the time. I don't have time. Like you said, I don't have time for vacation with my girls. Uh, You do. (laughs) (laughs) You do. And you need it. You need to learn how to receive. And it's a practice moment. And it's practice. And it's intentionally practicing that as well. It's that part. You know, I have been known to make this a mistake, um, and we talked. We just talked about this, but I think I'd like to talk talk about it with you. It's this thing about when I start something. Sometimes, and I'm going to talk about sport and fitness. When I start to exercise again, I compare myself to Leanne at the peak of her fitness. I'm like, yeah, man, I could do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this hurts. It's like, yes, my love, there's about 10 years. 
difference in between that two kids and you haven't been doing diddly squat for however long right so you're like ready and you want it to be perfect and it's not and then you become disheartened and then you're like yes I'm this I'm not doing it because it hurts and it's this part about it's okay to not be perfect it is okay to need to practice because we have got to the point where we forget that even people who are at the top of their game still practice <laughs> they practice on improving they practice and they they practice even more than we think that they do really it's like whether you like Beyonce or her music or not we can push all of that aside her work ethic it's incredible I just read a book by um, Tim Grover called Relentless. Have you ever heard this book? No, but I'm going to, one second, I'm going to go right now into an, a website that we're not going to give promotion to. What's it called? Relentless right, by Tim Grover. And what okay. I love about this book is that he is the coach for all of, like the NBA stars. So Kobe, Dwayne Wade, like all of them, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan as well. But it was so nice to have insight to these players who are like mega amazing players, right? But to really have insight on the fact that, hey, they have fears. Hey, they need help. Hey, they're like working overtime. To have perspective of that and to really see like, oh, okay. It's just what needs to be done. Right, right. Right. And I love it because he's like, when you get there, he's like, people are afraid to do the great things because they realize that when they get there, it's, it's like, you, what's the maintenance for that? <laughs> <laughs> trying to go up here. <laughs> right. Because you hit the top and everyone's coming to, everyone is coming for your crown and they're younger, fitter, faster, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, it's a, the question is, am I ready to get onto this? And talking to that point as well, there's this book that I've literally talked about nonstop because for me, it was, I don't usually read like self-help books, but somebody said to me, oh yeah, you know, there's definitely something, this fear that's holding you back from doing some stuff. And I was like, nope, I'm not scared. It isn't that. So I was like, sod it. Let me go and let me go and look into this. And I read this book called Do It Scared by Ruth Salkop. I'm so I'm saying her name correctly. And um, she identifies like seven different fear personas. The book is phenomenal. But one of the things she said, and an, another business coach said it another way, she said, success is born out of obsession. And I think there was this woman on uh, Instagram that said, you know, if it's, if this idea is not keeping you up at night, it won't be successful, right? And it's, it's this thing about, yeah. there is no... <laughs> moderation in success like when you go all into something that's just what it is it's like you live it you eat it you breathe it you sleep it you live it you eat it you breathe it you sleep it and it is to the sacrifice of and sometimes the detriment of other um other things but at the same time it's this part of accepting everything is for a time it's a phase it's not forever it's just phase and it will, but this is a part of, I think sometimes we forget that there's going to be intense moment, very intense moments in our growth phases. There's going to be the plateau. Then there's going to be. Yeah. And that's part of the expansion. And we have to appreciate those moments because we are being expanded in that moment. And to get to where you want to be, you got to expand. You got to be able to have the capacity to have all of it. Right. You got to make space for it. It has to be there because that's the only reason why you don't have what you want. Because if you had the capacity for it, you'd have it. There it is. If you had the capacity for it, you would have it. So the question has to be, how do I then create capacity for it? And sometimes, not even sometimes, it's this part around structure. And when I say structure, I don't mean like outsourcing jobs for you, like for within your work. That's a, that's another part, but it's having the space even socially to share those moments, to come back to your original point of what you said about events. Events create memories. 
memories create bonds out of those bonds with those people you create relationships that forms a part of your support system that allows you to fly yeah it's the receiving of the love do you know what I mean you gotta, mm-hmm. be, able to have. You gotta be able to have the feels right you able to do it and it's so funny because whenever I think about an event and I ask people like give me the last like chaotic event in your life they're able to talk about what we all have that right if I asked you give me your last chaotic event 30th of June last year trying to get back from the UK to Germany and so what happened wow you see well this could be a long story but we'll keep it short got to the airport they kept us there then they threw us out the airport at 10 o'clock at night with all the hotels booked 38 um 38 hotels completely booked I had to figure out some way to stay blah 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 then I had to get my way make my way back from London no luggage to Munich and I was leaving on holiday on the this was a Thursday and I was leaving on holiday to go on holiday on the Saturday but the good part about all of this chaotic or the, the silver lining was this whole incident reinforced to me that I didn't need to fly to the UK anymore. <laughs> Completely changed my travel model. I don't need to fly to the UK. I can do it with the train and it's perfectly comfortable and it's perfectly fine. And it wasn't necessarily at the beginning that sustainability motivated me, but there was something good that came out of it. There was goodness in the chaos, even though the whole time I was cussing. Because your emotions were like this, right? And people don't understand that you can create that same moment in any event, but it doesn't have to be that chaos. Do you know what I mean? We can change the emotions that we want to feel, but we can create events to evoke those emotions. Mm. So people have to understand, like when I'm asking, I always love to ask that before I do a corporate event, I ask one give me your last chaotic event. And we talk about the ups and downs of the roller coaster of emotions. And I said, so let's create a roller coaster of emotion in the next event. But what do we want the people to feel? Right. That's the important part of it. What do you want the people to feel? Right. Because that comes down to it, right? You always remember how somebody made you feel, but the ability to extract and feel connected to an event is connected on how do I feel part of the journey? Is this meaningful to me? Yeah, do you know what? We can show up to a dinner and we can show up to all these different things and all of those things are fun. But if somebody takes me on a journey, I see the journey. It's a sensory journey. It's a journey that challenges my brain. It's a journey that makes me think about other people. All of these things you start to personalize it and reflect it back into the who is Leanne, who is Ashley, as opposed to I went through a run of a mill event. And the fact that you're creating those feelings on a larger scale, which as you said, can be, you can like, and I use the word manipulate in the sense it's meant not in a negative one. You can manipulate it, manipulate and create and create and curate experiences to do that. That's it. How do we create sisterhood, the feeling of bonding? How do we create those moments of love, of, of gratitude for each other? Like we can do that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love being able to do that. It's mind blowing. I mean, people don't really... Sometimes when I get in front of people, they're like, what is this girl? Are we talking about feelings and emotions right now? Is she crazy? I just wanted, to, so I just wanted a dinner. <laughs> but it's true because, you know, I, I, I will be in a meeting and someone's like, okay, we need to, this this event that we need, we need to problem solve. It's internal within the company. We need to problem solve. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's like put in the aquarium or something. And they're like, why? And I'm like, what kind of feelings do you have in the aquarium? You're kind, You're kind of calm. You're chill. It sounds like we're going to have a resolution here because of the way we're making people feel. We should solve problems when we're feeling calm and resolved. I don't need the stage to be blaring and the music and rah, 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 rah. No. Create the experience that you want to have. Do you want to have a nice, calm resolution or do you want to have, you know, chaos and confusion? So let's manipulate that now. Let's play Mm -hmm. with that. Mm. this is how I want to feel this is how I want to solve it we can do that 
now we can find the direction to go. So my approach, sometimes people are like, well, but then when they get there, they're like, oh, <laughs> but, but, but you know what the, ha- do you know what I think happens is that people are looking at an event as being an inanimate thing, just like when we use the word, you know, and I'm guilty of too, just like when you use the word organization, company, leadership, blah, blah, team, mm. they all sound very inanimate. but they're made up of people (laughs) and people have feelings and our ability to connect with them and our ability to feel whether I'm not, you know, physical safety, physical comfort, then comes, you know, like the psychological safety, et cetera. Being able to have all of those feelings has to be orchestrated. And what people also underestimate is, when you go shopping, as hectic as a shop might feel, at least in high-end stores, your whole experience from the lighting and how it hits your retina to the music that they're playing, to the fragrance that they have coming out into like from the diffusers, all of that is to manipulate your senses to increase your likelihood to purchase. We are and never if they have the right music. Dun, 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 dun. You're like, oh, let me buy. Listen, it is, I'm <laughs> sure I am sure I'm not the only black woman who knows who's had this happen. Anytime I go into most restaurants and they're playing any music, as soon as I sit down, black music's gonna play. Don't care what it is. It might it, and it can go from the spectrum from like Bob Marley to to like Duke Ellington to Etta James to whatever it is. You go in there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, so someone's. Yeah. I don't know who and you then are. Like, you to be like, did I do good? Yeah, yeah. Like, you like said, this song. I saw you and I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah. And you, you know, it's it's this. We're never just inanimate. We're never just, oh, this is, we, it's, it's, people don't understand that experiences are curated for us. There was someone that I met and he was talking about like, Um, rehabilitation through sound and what he was talking about that even when we go into shops even when we don't hear music there's still a sound wave that is going out even though we cannot actively hear it and this is the point we are curated our feelings our emotions how we work all of this is constantly considered it's just not spoken about so when people see you and you're like feelings and they're like what the hell you're like then you don't understand that you're constantly a source. You're being, we're, we're being manipulated constantly to do something. So why don't we take this manipulation and instead of using it to increase our purchasing power or whatever, we use it to drive resolutions. I don't believe that a lot of people understand that an event shouldn't just be an event. It shouldn't just be something that you want to get over and done with it should be part of an experience this evening I am um I'm hosting a small group of friends for like a wine tasting evening and um I've got a photographer coming and he doesn't use like he uses flash but he doesn't use like extra lighting or whatever but the point is is that I want to curate an a memory that it's not just, hey, we went to this wine tasting and these were the wines, but we can share a memory by having particular photographs, photographs that are natural. Everything that says, I have thought about you, you know, from me kind of doing an open speech to kind of let everyone know how I met each person because they don't all know each other. It's It's all about understanding that people have needs to be seen and understood, even in a situation where they... It's just an event. It's never just an event. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's so much science that goes into it, understanding that you can create an impression in your mind by, you know, mixing the scent and sound and things like this. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but it's it's even scientific. So it's just like make time for it and care about it and put the intention inside of it and Create something that lasts within people's bodies, emotions that are inside of you that that you then carry on. 
you know, after this retreat, it's like, how can we really make each other really leave with just such an emotion that it just goes into our work and who we are and we're growing and we pass it along to so many people need to be like, where did you go? Where were you? Right. What is this glow? This. Right. <laughs> where were you? Where were you? And not, and, 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 you know, it's, I always think about it, especially with the context of women, when you're glowing, people are like, who is it? And you're like, see, see, it's not a who. Well, yeah, it is. The who is me. I'm giving myself this glow because I am making the time. But the reality, the other reality is, is that there are so many things that we are being dragged towards that it can sometimes feel difficult. And this is where I think structure and support becomes very important is if everybody around you invalidates your need for rest or invalidates your need to create space, it makes it very difficult for you to feel empowered to do so. And this is the power for me of friendship, sisterhood, being in the right relationship, all of these things. And when I say right relationship, you know, that's whatever it looks like to anybody. Because you have to be with people who believe that same thing, who also believe that you should create this space because they also want to create this space for themselves. Because to do it alone is hard. I could not create space with two children without the help of my husband and the help of my mom. Impossible. But I also wouldn't be able to do it without the inspiration of so many other women like yourself who are also doing it. And it feeds together. And it's just become a non-negotiable in my life anymore. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not non-negotiable these are the people that i need mm -hmm. non-negotiable sorry not even sorry actually <laughs> sorry not <laughs> so, sorry not sorry but it's non-negotiable no it's so needed and who i am afterwards who we are when we come together that power that we bring that we feed off of that it's just i've never met you before but it doesn't matter do you know what I mean? Like our power is so, oof. Right, right. And I think there's this thing about as black women creating space and pathways for each other. Like just being open. You and I met and we were open to the connection, right? But I'm not gonna lie. Prior to meeting some of you awesome ladies, I was still a little bit like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if that's what I want. It's been difficult, trialsome, blah, blah, blah. Mm, maybe not for me. But there's something to be said for being open helps you find your, there's a sifting process, of course, but it brings you closer to finding people who have this, like who are, this is a tagline, right? Of Black Women Parlay. Same wavelength, different opinions. We don't have to be the same. But that wavelength as to where we're trying to get to isn't a European beauty standard or whatever. It's just the best of ourselves. Not more, not less. How about what you think? But when I talk to you, I mean, I got notes. I got... <laughs> <laughs> you read me like guys like she read me like a book I needed it I didn't even know I needed it and then what eight months down the line it was like do you remember when I said it was just, <laughs> I mean like a book but it was so nice <laughs> understand me though it was like okay she gets it it's a it's a talent I think I think I call it my, I call it my superhero talent is understanding people. Sometimes that's not great, but sometimes like, sometimes you think to yourself like, 
I wish my brain would just turn off and stop telling me this right now. I don't always want, I don't always want to be able to read this. Like sometimes I just want to be a passive observer. And then someone says something and then I'm like, didn't read this was not meant to be coming out because this was just meant to be chill and all of a sudden what's meant to be like a light conversation ends up going down there I'm like yeah I didn't mean to do it I didn't mean to do it but there's this part around receptivity and reciprocity right and that's the that's the that's the, the beautiful thing like you talked about the gift of being able to receive like it's also learning how to receive and I don't just mean it's learning how to receive love. It's learning how to receive constructive criticism. It's learning how to receive, even sometimes it doesn't feel constructive because of the delivery, but it, it you know, let's call it abrasive criticism. Um, as you said, there's something in that and it's, and learning how to receive a compliment. Um, it's It's something that we also have to get to grips with because, you're phenomenal at what you do. Okay, then you're going to receive it. You've got to, you've got to. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's learning, it's for us to learn how to do that because we still haven't been taught and given the space to own all the things we really are. Because someone has to say, well, we can do it too. Well, you can, but you don't. <laughs> and as black women I just feel like yeah we're amazing like we just need to sit in our power and really learn how to sit and receive from a place of I am worthy and deserving and yeah I'm open to it and I'm gonna receive it because I am not because I need because I am <laughs> because I am because I am like that's it right there because I am not because someone else says I am but because I know I am and you know I was thinking about this in terms of conversations I've been having recently and it's like there's nothing more threatening than a confident black woman the reason being society wants to tell us we're not this we're not that we're not the most beautiful we're not we're not we're not we're not we're not so when you're in these settings of work or other places and you're showing up confident, for a lot of non-Black women, not just white women, like I'm going to say the whole, including women of colour, for non-Black women, the fact that we are, from a power perspective, at the bottom of the, the triangle, the hierarchy, yet we display this much confidence, it's very destabilizing. <laughs> You know how many rooms I have walked in where it's like, wh who, what, like what? And I'm unfazed. Why? Why? How you, yes. Let me help you close your mouth a little bit. <laughs> I'll close it for you. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, um, I'm very proud of myself for being here. Thank you. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. It's, it's one of those ones where you're like, hmm, not really so much proud. Work to be here. <laughs> Work was not, was not. Exactly. Yeah, it was not luck. It wasn't coincidence. There may have been a few helping factors, but the fact that I'm here is not a coincidence. And I think sometimes we underestimate what that destabilization can look like in terms of having repercussions for us in social settings, in friendships. Mm. You know, I've learned the hard way. Don't, it, don't, it don't matter. You know, anyone can judge me for this, but I will only ever be a wing woman for a black woman. Okay. Oh! We got to talk about this outside of the podcast because I mean, wow, though, as I'm getting out of this like era that I'm in and I'm entering a new one, I'm realizing as I'm going in, like the bombs, I'm like, oh, guys, that can not that can that has destroyed friendships uh, for sure. 
because it is predicated upon us not being. To a lot of non-Black women, we are not the most attractive. So they do not understand why their men are interested in us. So when you're being the wing woman and you're meant to be playing like that, obviously your wing, but the man thinks you are main course, dinner, dessert, everything else, and you're not even trying to give the man no vibes. That right there is where all sorts of bums get dropped. Because until I really articulated the language, yeah, you can say, oh, she's jealous of me. But until you really understand the mechanism and the dynamics of racism that's going on right there that they don't realize and you don't even recognize, you then understand what it is to be seen as a threat, as a confident black woman, because it is your, com yes, we're attractive. I ain't taking away from that. But the confidence is also what is found to be attractive. The levels of, I can just talk to you, jokes, flirt. I don't need you to buy me a drink, actually. Thanks for the offer, blah, blah, blah. Keep it moving. You're going to pester me five times. Fine, I'll let you buy the drink, but just know it's a drink. Don't want nothing else. All right, cool, cool. Jokes, jobs are good. And all of that causes problems. And this is sometimes what I saw an article last week talking about the ambition penalty that women pay. I was like, listen, black women pay an ambition penalty. Black women pay a confidence penalty. Because if we're confident, other women are not checking for us in the way that they should be. It's okay if we are, oh, worries me, I'm not attractive, I'm not good, da, da, da. oh, yes, you are, you go get them, sister. But when you're like, listen, I'm that girl, me, I'm that chick. <laughs> oh, Don't oh, about yeah. you, I am right. that chick. You look right. great, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> born this way. You know, they're not ready for that. No. No, not even in, the, and I'm just really, honestly, I promise you just recently, I'm like, wow, my eyes have been open. Because it's a different world to negotiate, especially when you go from being tethered to somebody to being potential competition, different ball game. When I was insecure in my relationship and being frumpy dumpy and you know hair's not done like what happened to the person that I am now <laughs> right you know what I mean frumpy dumpy wow it's, we're all friends everything's great this person you're like oh wow really because you know but you've changed you've changed Ashley and you're like yeah for the good for the better I but that's not where everybody wants you to be and this is sometimes the part of conversation that we as black women have to have you know I never read this book there was this book co-authored by a black woman and I actually need to buy it, actually, a black woman and a white woman. And they were talking about the dynamics of black and uh, friendship between black and white women. Do you know what is, do you know the title? Hold on. I'm going to try and find it. Honestly, guys, if you haven't seen, Leanne has been dropping the gems. We've got book recommendations. <laughs> she gave me a little bit of a therapy session. Like, the woman is amazing. Hold on, hold on. Let me find it. Let me find it. I wrote so, notes during my own podcast. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my podcast. I'm on the podcast, but I wrote my own notes. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Can black women and white women be true friends? Right here, 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 here. So let me see if I can find this book. I'm just having a quick look right now. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. and if I can't find it, I will yeah. I will look for it thereafter. Um, but basically, it came up in, like, the LinkedIn situation at some point about these women. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this book as well because I think it's, um, it's going to be interesting. But pretty much, I also had to think about 
um, I had to think about this. Can black women and white women be true friends? And the answer I came to is yes, because I have a lot of very good friends who are white women. However, and this is the caveat, there are many points where they have to come to, um, not when they, when I have been confronted with their racism, because, you know, we've been taught that racism is this really outwardly their thing, but it's not just that. And my question is, how do they deal with this situation when we start to talk about why, when you start to explore, why are you behaving like that? What are your reasons? And it's the reaction and the subsequent behavior that determines if we can still be friends. Mm. Because there's loads of stuff, whether we're black or white, that we haven't thought about in terms of our conditioning, you know, when it comes to racism. There's loads of there's loads of there's loads of black people walking blind. There's loads of white people walking blind, and that's completely fine. But it's when you get into the well, it's not completely fine, but it just is what it is. But when you get into the nuance now of being able to recognize some of these behaviors, why is it that me as a black woman who is confident, um, is confident, attractive, blah, 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 smart, duh, 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 why do I pose a threat? Or why is this white woman who is my friend behaving all sorts of odd about this particular situation? Why does it feel like there's a secret competition that I didn't even know I was in <laughs> over said man? And then you start to unpick it and it's being able to have those conversations um, that makes it a lot more interesting. And it's for me in the past two years, it's been having more of those conversations and being like, you know, that what you said is racist, right? And someone would be like, I'm not racist. Never said you were. I said what you said was racist. <laughs> Difference. <laughs> what you said, the words, never said you in general, but it's an education process from my side, but also from their side. But sometimes, like you said, when you just deal with that abruptness of change, it's like, what is this wildness out here in these streets? And, and then sometimes I'm like, but what did you think of me? And maybe that's not a good question to ask myself, but sometimes I do, I, I'd be like, okay, but, I just have a question though. Do you think you just paint the picture of like what you actually truly saw? Because I, I'm trying to vision, I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I okay. Do you know what it is? They this this is gonna sound so wild, but follow me with this. They didn't see you as a black person because in your mind, in their mind you occupied the space you should. So there was no challenge. But now you're confident, you're looking great, you're doing your thing. It's different because then that's the position that they don't believe you should have. You shouldn't be all of these things, but they don't understand why they don't, they don't know or recognize why they feel like that. And that's the crux and the rub of half of these friendships. And that's the crux of when a black woman becomes confident and feels more confident, that's the penalty we sometimes pay is that the relationships that may have seemed stable or the working situation or whatever automatically becomes unstable because people are having to now deal with their own feelings, which has a direct impact on you. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I would never stop anybody from growing. I think growth is integral for survival, happiness, everything, health, you name it. But I think we have to be aware of, I'm not going to say the negative side of growth. I'm going to say the unintended consequences that not everybody's going to be on board. And that in itself is a scary situation. Like I, I had to stop and go. Hmm? Yeah, and and I also real like I don't even think that way. Like if I see somebody else doing well, another woman, I'm like, as a woman, you're amazing. Like I don't really care what color you are. You're just doing mm -hmm. women. Obviously, mm -hmm. if I, you know, I'm like, babe go even further because I know where your roadblocks were and mm -hmm. some of the 
easy to get over. So even more kudos, but to all of the women, kudos. But I, I really was like, wow, okay. It's like you said, the repercussions. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's not, it's not easy, right? It's not easy. Hold on. I think I found the book, by the way. Uncommon Bonds, it's called. Explore. Yeah, I think it's a, Uncommon Bonds explores what it takes for women to have real friendships across race. I think this is it. Um, Smith, a black woman, and Hall, a white woman, lived around the corner from each other in Brooklyn. Their lives intersected through careers in academia and first-time motherhood. In our time together, in our long, luxurious conversations about life relationships and the important of, importance of friendships, we talked a lot about what it means to have your girlfriends and why that is so much more complicated around race. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called, Uncommon Bonds, people. Gems. Gems. So I'm just going to see if I can find it because I was meant to get this book and then I forgot. I don't know, like I just got... This, this is sometimes why I hate um, this particular website in Germany. Because you can't get none of the books. eBay? What the hell? No. Okay. Anyway. But, yeah. You're, I'm the same as you. But this, but this is the reality sometimes of the reality of what you know uh interracial friendships can bring um amongst women and also for me affirms why in my mind the need for black women parlay and also other black women networks are necessary to to facilitate this sisterhood where there's just so much that goes without saying i'm not saying by the way if anyone's listening i'm not saying that there is um jealousy and issues amongst black women themselves that's that's not what's being said but there is a different type of racial tension that happens that sometimes we can't afford to ignore in order for the friendship to be its healthiest well, well you know you know well our audience isn't just exclusively black and i think it's important to make the, the the distinction that it's not just about black women and white women in this context that it's talking specific we're talking specifically about the racial tensions and the mechanisms of racism and how that works amongst women and in many ways, it's reflective of the feminist movement, but this is just on a micro level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got to stop doing that. And really, as women, like, we have to really empower each other. Mm -hmm. It's chaos out there, guys. Why are we doing that? Unless it's time to tear somebody else down. Think. Miserable people do miserable things sometimes, right? To you, to I, to many, it doesn't make any sense. But when you don't feel like there's much more going on in your life, what is it you're doing? I need some work to do because I got a lot. <laughs> I got something to keep you busy, girl. Woo! What kind of send, work you send, a, send a program, send a program, send a program. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know this life is but the thing the thing about it is is that no matter what on any given Sunday I choose me I don't want to be I don't want to be I, I choose being a black woman on any given Sunday nothing else no thanks I enjoy being me I'll tell you that every day every day all day like I don't know I just it just is I it just it just is like hey yeah I'm good. I'm good 
I like me. Me too. Me too. It's, <laughs> it's it's just that level of appreciation that we can come on, we can come on here and be like, oh girl, you look good. Thank you. You know, and there's no, there's there's no shade, even even though you Americans are like, you're so good at the shadiness. <laughs> you know, she look good now. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 that joy, it's that constant laughing, it's that fun. We can be serious, you go through the spectrum, and this is uh, we don't have to be serious to get the job done. Sometimes you can have Sometimes you can have fun. So if there's one thing you want our listeners to take away today, what would you like it to be? And also tell them where they can find you. Oh my gosh. I know. We spoke about about so much, but I really want to go back to making sure that you are intentional with your life that you choose to take the time to expand yourself, that you take the time to practice receiving, know that you're worthy of receiving it, that it's yours, it's there for you, but really practice receiving it. And when you really practice receiving it more and more and more, you just realize you're so worthy of so many things and give it to yourself. Give it to yourself. It's there. Mm. It's there for you. Take it. Be proud of it. Be proud of yourself. Take it. Share it. Become a better person from it. And give all that you can. And mm. you got this. Mm. Like you really got this. That's just the that's just the mic dropping. So where can they find you, Miss Mike Drop? You can find me on the gram at Ashley Braxton. Uh, www.ashleybraxton.com. Find me on LinkedIn as well at Ashley Braxton. And let's have a chat. Come talk to me. What's up? <laughs> can I have a chat to me? What's up? By the way, when she messaged me, like, Leanne, I got so many messages. I don't want to hear no call saying. So, Leanne, I got two minutes. It's your problem. It's your problem. I don't care. I don't care. It's your business. So thank you, my darling, for being here today. As anyone knows, you can find me on the gram at leanne.mm, TikTok at Leanne Maya, and LinkedIn, if you really want to see some more, at Leanne Maya too. So thank you, Miss Ashley. (laughs) 